Hi everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we are yet another tree decimated by a member of the Cullen family. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Remember when we would get to mass in elementary school, or yeah, middle school, and it would be like one of those where the priest had to sing the whole time? That's what you just reminded me of. Do you remember that one priest from St. Mary's? What Do you remember his singing voice? Was it the young one? Yep. Father Brian. Oh, I was thinking Father Vince. Remember him? Oh, my God. I have not thought about that man, I think, probably since 2012. What a throwback. He was so emo. Yeah, he had no business being a priest. <laughs> No, that man is going to get caught in some kind of scandal. Like, he's, we're going to find out he has a boyfriend, like, living in Atlanta or something. Okay, I want to talk about Father Brian. That man definitely has a boyfriend. But with Father Vince, I feel like it'll be, like, he, like, sells cocaine to teenagers at night or something. I think that's also accurate. Have you ever watched any of Letterkenny? No. There, there's a, a ragtag group of meth users um, in the show, and one of them reminds me of him. <laughs> Anyways, hi everyone. <laughs> Hope you're having a good day. Paige and I are armed with our drinks of choice. Mine is a stiff glass of wine. I don't even think they say stiff for wine. And Paige's is a root beer. A&W, zero sugar. You know how a diabetic girly gotta be. <laughs> we might as well, hell, we might as hell. True. <laughs> we might as well just head right into Recommendations Corner because I was going to recommend this brand of wine. I've never tried it before, but it's called Tiny Umbrellas. And I, I mean, I'm trying it now and it's pretty good. And it was like $7 because I refused to pay like, like $10 is honestly my limit for a bottle of wine. I won't go more than that. A $5 bottle of wine and a $45 bottle of wine is going to get me just as drunk. You know, they're not, I'm sure they're equals in that. Yes, and I do not have a dignified enough palate to notice the difference, so. Mm-mm, no, you're, you're paying for the label in that. Corny as hell. My recommendation this week is if you're in a pinch, don't forget that you can literally make scrambled eggs in the microwave in like a minute and a half. That is, why are you shaking your head? You don't understand. Okay, no, hear me out. You put, you crack two eggs in a mug, a microwave safe mug. You whisk them up, you add your spices, you microwave them 50 seconds first, move it around a little bit. It's going to be a little liquid. Put it in for another 55 seconds. And then you have perfect scrambled eggs. You plop it out onto a plate break them up it's perfect eggs in the morning (laughs) i'm shaking my head just in disbelief at where we have come as a society i had a roommate actually and everyone listening to this that knows us in real life will know who it is but she was raised to believe that like microwaves like are evil and not evil but they like give you cancer so she had never used one when we got to college and i had to teach her how to use it no judgment. I'm just relaying facts right now. I think about her often in that context, and I wonder what she's up to these days. Anyways, um, what's new this week? Any news to, to share? Um, The new Pokemon game is, I, I've been playing it. 
And here's the thing. This might be a controversial opinion. I don't know how many of our listeners are big Pokemon fans. But even if you're not a big Pokemon fan, you've probably heard the scuttlebutt about the new game. You'd be saying the weirdest shit, but continue. So essentially, Emily, I'm sure you don't know anything about this. Nintendo, and specifically Pokemon, is the biggest franchise in the world. They are loaded with talent and money. They could, they have all of the resources in the world to make the best video game ever. All of the fans are like, please, we want that. And they continue to put out games that like clearly they haven't done as much as they can do. Like it's like shockingly glitchy or like shockingly like, like you you spent three years making this? Okay, like, if you want, just, like, look up on TikTok right now, Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet, bugs or glitches, and you'll find video after video after video after video. I agree. They they should be doing better. Here's the thing. I'm not that picky. It's also a game for children, so perhaps maybe they're like, we can squeak by. And I've been playing since Pokemon Crystal, which was the second uh, series to come out in the 90s, basically. The graphics have obviously gotten insanely better, and I've watched it evolve and grow. This is the best these games have looked. There's all kinds of crazy character customization, which, if you know, you know, that's my favorite part of a game. I've just, you know, there's lots of areas it can be improved on, but I've been enjoying it. I really have. It's been bringing me a lot of joy. There's a new Pokemon in it that is skyrocketing up into my top five favorites of all time. It has really moved its way into my heart. And yeah, I'm just like really enjoying it in my in my uh, Sailor Moon Switch skin. You had to add that last part on. Um, I have two responses to that. First, I would like to say that sometimes I get gaming TikToks in my For You page, and I know it's because I'm friends with you, and I just, I swipe by real quick to be like, you got the wrong girly. You got the wrong girly. <laughs> Number two, who is your favorite Pokemon? It's one of the ones you have a tattoo of, I'm assuming. Psyduck. Okay, okay, okay. I only know Pikachu and the one that Megan the Stallion mentions, Char Charizard. Paige is holding up her stuffed Psyduck with a, her hand behind it like she's an influencer and it's like clear makeup. <laughs> it's not making a difference, dude. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's like, a, that's pretty solid. I mean, Pikachu is obviously the most important one. And Charmander slash Charizard is also a all-time favorite of the Nintendo company. So, you know, it's fine. All right. Trying to think what high horse I want to get onto today. Um, let me just make a little quick speech about a little fitness corner with Emily. The new year's coming up, and it's a stereotype that a lot of people join the gym at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year. And I have two things to say about that. Number one, hell yeah. Feel if you want to do it, feel good about it. Like honestly, everyone is there to just work on themselves. People are not looking at you as much as you think. If that's something that intimidates you, like, you have my full support, feel free to DM us. I will support you individually. The flip side to that, here is a hot tip for me. The one thing that you got to make sure you don't do is camp out on a machine that is the only one of its kind for more than 10 minutes. 
Honestly, you could maybe push to 15 if you're not looking at your phone. If you're at a squat rack and there's five other squat racks, okay, fine, who cares? I don't care what you do. If you're at the only leg press in the gym, you can't be sitting there on your phone scrolling through Twitter, babes. You can't. That is the one way to piss literally everyone off. So that's just a hot tip. There you go. That's hot tips with Emily. <laughs> How much more do you need? Um, I am a Halloween girly, but I do love this time of year. I put up my tree two days ago, and I just love the love the vibes. I'm very excited for Starbucks to get the peppermint mocha. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it might be their chocolate curls that they put on, but I really enjoy those. And maybe it's also associated with Christmas time, so it makes me feel happier. But I don't know. They just be popping off with that peppermint syrup. I have never tried it, um, but it does really interest me, like, the psychology of different, like, holiday foods and how, like, because we did just have Thanksgiving and how, like, we like different foods more than we might if they weren't holiday associated, you know? It's interesting. Yeah, like, imagine just eating that jellied cranberry sauce just, like, on a fucking Thursday night. Disgusting. That's literally what I was going to say. I was like, you won't catch me eating a cranberry any other time of the year. Mm -mm. And like my family makes this, it's green bean casserole adjacent. It's, it's green bean casserole, but with no green beans. Instead, my mom uses the, (laughs) she uses the California vegetable mix, which is broccoli, cauliflower, and carrot, but she still uses the cream of mushroom soup and we make fried onions and like, it's everything that would be in green bean casserole, but I, maybe she doesn't like green beans. I don't know. It's really good. And, um, we only make it usually for Thanksgiving and then for Christmas. So if I ate it all the time, I'd probably like it a little less. I mean, it'd still be good. Don't get me wrong. But it's so special that I can I only get it twice a year, you know? Totally. Totally. Kind of like turkey. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Chartier family, my dad doesn't like white meat. So we never did turkeys historically growing up. We usually have a duck. We do duck for Christmas a lot, and I do like duck. I like duck a lot, too. I've grown to really enjoy it. Here's a bonus hot tip from me, because we're talking about food, and it's that time of year. I know a lot of people get anxiety about food this time of year, but I'm here to tell you that there's no such thing as good foods or bad foods. Like, some foods have more sugar. That doesn't make them bad. They're just, it's just food. There's no morals associated with food. Just release yourself from the pressure of only eating quote-unquote good foods and enjoy this time with your family and friends. Here's the thing, and I'm saying this from my heart. Your Pleistocene counterpart was eating leaves and like two worms a week. Humans are eating the best they've ever fucking eaten. Enjoy that. You know, you know, if an Australopithecus tried one, one maraschino cherry from that cocktail fruit blend, it would be donezo. It would be, it wouldn't be able to handle how how delicious scrumptious it is, scrumptious, scrumptious, scrumptious it is. Enjoy it while you can, because this is the best we've ever been eating, baby. Enjoy it. Exactly. And one final last hot tip, we're all going to die anyways. So it really does not matter if you 
ate too much fucking sweet potato casserole. And also too much does not exist until you're puking. That's that's a solid point. Anyways, <laughs> you know who's not going to fucking die ever? The fucking Collins. <laughs> what about Renesmee, though? Although, you know what, though? If there was a supernova, they would die, right? I mean, if they're... If they if their body got blown apart, I think they would die. Right, because the supernova is like the earth swall or the sun swallowing the earth, right? So that's like burning, right? So they'd be toast just like the rest of us. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, this puts a whole new spin on it. They're not really immortal. That's true. Here's the book that we want, Stephanie. It is 65 trillion years in the future. The Earth is a crunchy, crispy crumb at this point. No resources. The Cullens are just chilling on this shriveled rock. And they are holding hands like in Toy Story 3 as the Earth careens towards the sun. They are seeing their own death in front of their eyes and have to acknowledge this is it for us. That's the book I want to read. I think that might be a little too heavy for me personally. <laughs> Although I will say, and I believe it was Friend of the Pod Gem that brought this up to us. So one of our listeners suggested that we read The Host, which is an adult piece by Stephanie Meyer. Um, and it's actually like light years better than Twilight. <laughs> and it's a post-apocalyptic. So she kind of already did that. Not really, but sort of. I'm going to write, th- I'm, I'm writing that one down, writing that one down. <laughs> so what do you think of these two fucking chapters? Shiny and travel plans, chapters 26 and 27 of Breaking Dawn. Okay, let me pull up the thing that I wanted to do. So after reading Shiny, it I texted Emily because I couldn't remember if we were reading one chapter or two this week. She said two. The first one was pointless. And it really was. I said useless, which is worse than pointless. Useless is right. After after you said that, I was like, you know what this chapter was? This chapter was a filler episode. This chapter is giving... I, like, nothing uh, nothing of interest happened. There was an arm wrestling match. A boulder blew up. Uh, I almost called Bella Jesse. Like, I almost just said Jesse is, like, the strongest vampire of all time. Who's Jesse? What is going on with you lately? You called her Becca last week. At least Becca's Bella adjacent. Um, Jesse is nowhere near. But anyways, Bella's the strongest vampire of the family. She's really reveling in that this is what she was born to do. I'm happy that she's found her calling. I'm happy that she can be happy now and show joy and, you know, get to be her true self. Let's move on. Give me something. I'm ready for the next chapter. Next chapter, we flash a little bit into the future. Three months. I'm still a little confused. Like, I'm having a really hard time keeping up with how I should be picturing Renesmee because it's so jarring to read what feels like an adult voice and like isn't this person like they're three months old but are they like five 
like as a body, I like I do not know what to picture with Renesme. Like she was kind of this amalgus blob of a person in my brain while I was reading this chapter. Like I guess if I had to picture who I was picturing, I would picture like an eight-year-old, like right now. But I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be picturing. I don't know. Um, so we flash a little bit in the future and just didn't really enjoy Jacob and her are just still, they're just still silly goofy together. And I'm like, I'm done with it. I don't want any more. And then we interestingly now have this like, I guess like two kind of conflicts. The first being the Volturi as a, as a whole, just like Bella having to travel by herself. That's going to be fun. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen though. I don't know if that's going to happen. It just... I can't picture her doing this by herself. I don't think that Edward would allow it. I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, and then Irina shows up and possibly throws a wrench into everything. And then that's where everything ended. So the second chapter was more exciting of a read for me. Albeit like picturing Renesme was a little challenging. But I feel like we're introducing this is where the book is going. So I'm excited to see the new kind of conflict arise I guess to see to see what is going to be the big conclusion to the quadrilogy yeah I this whole thing because I've read it so many times has been like this has been the most boring the podcast doing the podcast has been for me because I'm like I know it's important to establish her as a vampire and like obviously you have to answer a lot of those questions but I'm like get along with it also, the first chapter, I know that it was, like, characters that are in the book, but somehow for me, it was giving the, like, Y slash N fanfic energy, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's the, it's the, um, he, he gracefully glided over to me, and my emerald green eyes scanned over his lithe body like a, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of how many verbs and adverbs and uh, mentions of how stunning my eyes are I can include in the sentence you could have been Stephanie in that moment you sounded just like her I'm curious okay wait first Renesme. no wonder you have no concept of how to picture her because Stephanie's so like meh she's not like other babies meh because there's literally a line I have to read it because it's so ridiculous okay okay page 529 at three months, Renesme could have been a big one-year-old or a small two-year-old. She wasn't shaped exactly like a toddler. She was leaner and more graceful, her proportions more even like an adult. That don't make no fucking sense, sis. And also, she's, like, walking around. So I'm like, you know, like, there's baby, baby legs, like, chunky baby legs. But I'm not picturing chunky baby legs. I'm picturing, like the legs of a four-year-old or on the, on the head of an adult. I, I don't know. It just, it's, she's a mystery to me. Yes. And also I'm sorry. I, I work for an organization that teaches reading to children. You cannot just start reading Tennyson. I don't care how fucking smart your child is. You cannot just start reading Tennyson with literally no one teaching you what letters are. That's not how it works. I, She's like you said, Emily, she's not like the other babies. It's so annoying. 
I do have one more question about what you said before we dive into the plot. I'm curious what you said about, I say arena. I don't know which one is right. I think it could be either. But I'm curious what you said about arena throwing, quote unquote, throwing a wrench into things. Like what, what effect do you think this little visit by her is going to have, I guess? I guess by by things, I mean the complete lack of any conflict that's been going on for the past you know, couple chapters, you know, the, this, the setting that has been set at the start of um, travel plans is, uh, you know, thing it's three months later, you know, Charlie's visiting with Sue and, you know, everything's going all right. Jacob's here every day. The pack's doing great. Like it's, it's set this like very peaceful time. And also the past couple chapters, there really hasn't been that crazy of conflict going on like everything seems to be working out for Bella so the fact that something isn't going her way is like the wrench for me you know like it I'm sure it can get smoothed over but Irina has these you know concerns about the wolves given that they killed her love Laurent so I mean I I'm sure it can be explained away but just things aren't going exactly and perfectly for Bella so she's quote-unquote throwing a wrench into things okay that makes sense thank you for that explanation it's almost offensive to have to tell you about the first chapter but it's what we do on this podcast so um it basically picks up like a couple hours where the last one with Charlie left off where Charlie's basically doing what I like to call a Minnesota goodbye which is when you take literally half an hour after the first goodbye to actually leave um just because he is like clearly afraid that like he's not going to get another chance to hang out with them which obviously is not the case i think it's nice that bella she mentions it right here but she's she remembers that feeling of fear when she discovered the world and if she were to fall asleep and close her eyes she's gonna wake up and it's all been a dream to her like she's going to lose this fantasy world that has been given to her if if she can't see it, you know? So I think it was nice to include that Bella has lived this and she knows how Charlie must be feeling right now. So she can help reassure him in a way that's going to actually like be comforting to the person. Yeah, totally. Even though it's way too easy, I do like that Charlie is kind of getting what he deserves if I mentioned it in the beginning of this book that if that was the last time we were going to see Charlie, I was going to throw throw a fit, if you will. So I'm glad that things are working out for him, too. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I want to point out on the bottom of page 515, a long time ago. You were making a joke, but you were sort of right. And I didn't know how to tell you that because you guessed that Bella was going to name her baby Charlisle or like you were mad that she wasn't naming it Charlisle. Obviously, Carly is much cuter. She should have done that for a first name, in my opinion. But I am fucking dead that the alternative to Charlisle is an actual name. Like (laughs) when I read Carly, I was like, Oh yeah, that's the the other version of Charlisle. Like if you were to swap it in the opposite way, 
Like, what are the fucking odds this girl gets a real ass name? I mean, she would have just gone with a made up name because she made up fucking Renesme for the first name. But it is like a little kooky crazy that it worked out like that. It is. And to clarify, it's her middle name. I forgot to say that when I was explaining it, but. I thought of something a little bit ago that I have been meaning to bring up like for weeks. I keep forgetting because it's like not relevant to anything. But reading about Vampire Bella, she is giving. Tell me, listeners, if you agree. Vampire Bella is giving the band Flyleaf. Are you familiar with the band? I really like that one song all around me, but that's all I know, I think. Mm-hmm. They also sing I'm So Sick. I'm so sick! That one. Okay. Continue on why she reminds you of them. Well, the band itself is a, like, hardcore metal Christian band. They're all singing about Jesus, basically, in all the songs. And the lead singer is, like, this hardcore kind of gal. And... I, I don't know. I just like every time I hear a song by Flyleaf, I literally picture Bella Swan. She's just she's giving Flyleaf. And I feel like it's appropriate for Stephanie Myers to perhaps I mean, I know she didn't, but like base this Christian band on Bella Swan. I don't know. Like I, the pieces just fall into place for me. That's interesting. I know back in the day when their songs were coming out that they were compared to Paramore a lot. And Paramore is obviously relevant to Twilight, so. There you go. There you go. It goes all the way to the top. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So Charlie finally leaves. And then Bella and Emma. Emma! (laughs) So we're both struggling. Bella and Emmett get into it about him making sexual innuendos in front of Charlie the whole day. So Edward tells Bella to arm wrestle Emmett. I do love that Esme is like, there's this quick moment where um, Alice is like, don't use the table. Esme loves that. And she's like, thank you. (laughs) Let Esme have her table. Like she literally is wallpaper. She doesn't ask for much. Yeah, and she just she made all this delicious food for you all to not eat, so. Yeah, very annoying. Okay, so they go out back to a large boulder, and because Bella is a newborn, she beats Emmett very easily, and he does not take that well. I always forget that he's the newest, because, like, he would have been, like, he's never met a vampire stronger than him because he's the newest that, I mean, he met the newborns in the clearing, but it's not like they were, like, chatting. You know what I mean? hmm Yeah. Bella has already sent Jasper into a tizzy. Now she's just sending Emmett into a tizzy, too. I do kind of love that for her. I love when men are in tizzies. More tizzies. We demand it. <laughs> Hashtag more tizzies. I will say in this section, I'm going to read page 519, top paragraph. I followed him out the back toward the garage. I could hear all the others trailing behind. There was a largish, largish granite boulder standing up out of a tumble of rocks near the river. Obviously Emmett's goal. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. I should have known that you would not let that opportunity pass you by. Absolutely not. 
the pioneers used to ride these babies for miles, and it's in great shape. My drink? Where's my diet doctor kelp? <laughs> Classic. Okay, we already mentioned the egregious tree destruction in our intro. It's like, what does Stephanie Meyer have against trees? It's something for sure. She's anti-nature. Huh. Interesting. Emmett breaks a tree when he like kicks a rock and it hits it and then breaks it actually breaks two trees if we're getting specific. And then Bella has a lot of fun just like basically karate chopping this rock. And then Renesmee laughs at her and then they're all just standing in the sunlight being beautiful. This is how I feel about like hot girls in general. I'm like, this is what they do all day. <laughs> Sparkle in the sun, glisten in in the ray, the UV rays, if you will. Everything's easy. That is something we don't talk about is pretty privilege. It exists. I'm telling you it exists. I know. As someone who has spent the majority of her life ugly. Now I feel like I'm decent. I feel like I clean up well. I I don't want to tell myself this is true. Because I, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to. However, the evidence... I, I don't have any proof, but I could see it being real. I think personally, my favorite attribute on my face, the thing that I think looks the best are my eyes. I think that's my that's my favorite part of my face. And I think that I have nice eyes. I really play it up with the makeup. I They're my favorite part of my face. During the pandemic, I was at my hottest because we were covering our faces to the public and leaving the eyes out. All you could see was the best part of my face and hear the, oh, my voice cracked again, and hear the jokes that I tell. I got hired during the pandemic, and I'm not saying that that contributed, but all of my least favorite parts of my face were not there to judge. The only part that was there to visually judge was my eyes. I don't know. Suspicious. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. I think that they would have hired you if you weren't wearing a mask because you are a beautiful person inside and out. I, not that I know they would have, but I know they would have because of how fucking desperate they were. <laughs> okay, well, that's a separate subject. Uh, okay, so at the end of this chapter, literally, we're already done with it. That's all that happened, folks. The end of it is Bella giving this long speech. And my note for this was, sis, you're boring. Like, you've just been boring. It's okay to accept that about yourself. I'm kind of boring. Yeah. I just, just when I was home for Thanksgiving, we were talking about, my mom and I were talking about ah, someone going to college, I something something about going to college and that um, I think, I think maybe she was looking at either my or my sister's, uh, the pamphlets from graduation or something. And she was looking at all the colleges that people went to. And she was like, oh, you know, like a lot of people, um, went out of state and you know Paige I, I think you really could have gone into any of those colleges if you applied you know your your scores were great and I was like yeah but I didn't do anything extracurricular I did nothing in high school except softball and like that was like not I wasn't doing that for fun I didn't want to brag about that there was nothing to brag about and 
my mom was like, huh, yeah, you didn't do anything. And I was like, I know I had no interests in high school that were marketable to colleges. So I'm like, I don't think I could have gotten into those. Like, not that I was a bad student. I just like was, I was Bella Swan. I was like, I was fine in school, but like not doing really much else on paper. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I'm just hoping that she'll be more accepting. She's saying that she's special now, which, okay. If that's, if that helps her quote unquote sleep at night, that's fine. I don't know. I think we're all boring and we're all special. That's cliche, but it's true. To piggyback off what you're saying, literally all I did was soccer. And I know that this is true. I mean, I did other shit too, but like I had no other talents. Literally. You want to know how I know this is true? One time for speech class in high school, I was like a junior in high school when I took it. And we had to do, like, it was essentially a talent show. Like we had to do a speech or like perform a talent. And so I'm like stumped. Okay. So I go to my dad and I'm like, Hey dad, I have to do this talent show basically. Like, what should I do? And he was like, I don't know. You could like juggle a soccer ball. And I was like, that's somewhat disheartening, but okay. So I go to my mom and I'm like, mom, I have to do this talent show. What should I do? And she's like, Hmm, I think you should juggle a soccer ball. And I was like, Oh my fucking God, I have no personality. I mean, that was the talent that you shown best at. I guess. But I will say, not to get into it, but I was glad that I was able to kind of, like, separate my identity from that before my career ended. Because a lot of people who, especially people who play in college, really struggle with that. And it's really depressing for them when they're done. So just saying, if that's something that you are going through slash have gone through, it's normal. I wouldn't have thought about that. I athletics were never a huge part of my life, so I never even thought that that could happen. Interesting. Yeah, now I just my one thing that I still struggle with is I am like my defining characteristic is competitive and now I have no one to beat. <laughs> so, I just beat myself at the gym and occasionally page up Mario Kart. Okay, that's the end of that chapter. Did you have anything else? No. There there wasn't even anything written down for this chapter. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I was really trying, but anyways, moving on. So chapter 27, travel plans. As Paige mentioned already, it is a three-month jump ahead. And Bella's just talking about how awesome and beautiful and wonderful her, her life is because, okay, this is tea. She just breezes right past the fact that Quill and Embry joined Jacob's pack. That's the end of it. We never hear more of it. And I'm like, I want that tea. I mean, they were on the way over. Like, Sam had to leave them at the at the camp because they were going to join if they both went. I agree, but I'm like, I just, I wish I could see the scene where it popped off. I feel like I'm picturing them doing it and no one even bats a fucking eye because they were already expecting that to happen. Yeah, fair enough. So they're around. Everyone loves Renesmee, of course, because she's not like other babies. Um, Sue's around. She is like keeping an eye on Charlie and, you know, trying to make his transition into this new life, this new understanding easier. Um, Leah's around because she's Jacob's beta now, which I thought was cool. Let's see. And then this, okay, I, it literally is so cringe to me that I have to say this. 
that Bella's mad because Jasper is always hovering around and Edward's like, it's because you're so happy all the time. I'm like, does he not have the love of his life he could go hang out with? Like, it's just cringe. I, I'm just sick of everything being positive. Where is there's a possibility, Bella? I want more negativity. Okay. So the only stressful thing in Bella's life is the rapid growth of Renesme, which we've already, kind of already talked about today, but she speaks her first sentence at one week old. Eye roll. She walks three weeks later. I roll. I mean, it is stressful. I do got to say it is stressful. I want to say something. I have an issue with this. Okay. Earlier in the podcast, I mentioned the baby legs, the fat baby legs. Those legs are not ready. They're not built for bipedalism. There's a reason why babies can't walk. They're not ready for it. And in the last chapter, she only grew like like a a quarter of an inch or something like in a day. And I just like, I cannot believe that in a week she's not, she doesn't look different enough that people are like, Oh, there's big changes happening. Like she's growing for sure. But I just don't think the, the timeline doesn't, the anatomy does not match up with the timeline, Stephanie. I don't believe it. I'm going to throw something that you always throw at me back at you. What about this book makes sense? You're right. You're right. And look, I'm going to say it. I don't think Stephanie has the knowledge of anthropology that I do. I don't think most people have the knowledge of anthropology that you do. This is this episode has had a lot of anthropology shout outs. I like it. I want more of them. Um, bottom of page 529. Bella states in pretty clear terms why they're so stressed about it. By Carlyle's calculations, the growth of her body was gradually slowing. Her mind continued to race on ahead. Even if the rate of decrease, decrease held steady, she'd still be an adult in no more than four years. Four years, and an old woman by 15. Just 15 years of life. Yikes. So Paige is just, like, casually eating whatever she's eating right now. I'm just eating tiny bites of pomegranate. <laughs> Um, so they're doing tons of research, like trying to figure out if there's any precedent for her or like if any legends in indigenous tribes like have any references towards creatures like her. And they're planning on traveling um, back to Brazil because, as we remember, Quare did kind of seem to know what was going on. So I feel like that's a good assumption to make. Yeah, I like that they're giving validity. I feel like a a common thread in these books is... I don't know if belittling is the right word, but it was something we talked about um, in our episode about just indigenous representation in this book. And there was a lot of calling history in a culture stories, basically. So it's nice that in this book there she's offering some validity to these quote unquote stories of this culture. Like, the things that perhaps would have been laughed at by them before are being taken seriously because maybe they have a reason to. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that it's kind of like their only source of knowledge now? Hmm. 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 Would you look at that? (laughs) Bella says that she would like to go see the Volturi before 
they go to Brazil. And I'm curious, because I know that you said that we would get into it. First off, okay, first off, Arrow gives her a crown jewel as a wedding present, which that strikes me as not accurate, but whatever. I don't know much about the British crown. That pissed me off so much. I... Give the jewels back. You don't need the jewels. What are you going to do with jewels? You don't even go out in the sun. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, because, again, I everything I know about the British monarchy I've learned against my will. But the crown jewels were probably stolen from, like, native tribes, right? They were probably stolen from either Africa or somewhere in Asia. Disgusting. Disgusting. Um, okay, well, let's get into it. Like, you really, I, I'm surprised that you think Edward wouldn't let her go because she, she says her logic is watertight. And unfortunately, it fucking is because she's the only one who can go without having her thoughts read by Arrow and him finding out everything that has happened, including also Charlie, which I just feel like if Arrow knew about Charlie, he wouldn't be down. But that's just me. You're right. You're right. I think the plan that they've created where someone goes with her like halfway, I think is is a fine idea. I just like I I know Bella has these superpowers, but I would be. Have you ever been on an airplane? There are a lot of smells going on in there. You are in an enclosed metal tube in the sky. It seems like a dangerous idea. And also, why not just run? Why not just swim across the ocean? You can. Don't even risk it. Well, that's what they said that she's going to do, right? Like, Carlisle is going with her to London, so he'll be on the plane, and then she'll probably just run to Volterra. I know. I'm just saying, don't even risk the airplane. Just swim right now. I feel you. You could go straight from the Atlantic Ocean, probably right up to Italy. It's, It's water surrounded. Yeah, miss, I never get tired. How about that? But let's see. Prove it. (laughs) You do have a point there. So they had already bought the tickets. And they are planning on going, Carlisle and Bella. So that brings us to literally like the only real scene in this chapter, which is Bella, Jacob, and Renesmee on a hunting trip. Renesmee prefers to drink blood rather than eat human food, although she can do both. And Bella and Jacob are kind of in an argument um, because Jacob wants to come with them to Brazil and Bella thinks that he should stay. And and she's saying, like, are you dropping out of high school? I'm like, high school. He's got better things to do than algebra, in my opinion. I not that I think the Cullens could wipe out like and by wipe out, I mean, come out like you take a a washcloth and wipe over the school and the Cullens would just wipe right on out but like they were so weird if they just disappeared one day no one would question it no one would would be like where did the Cullens go they would be like yeah that family was really weird like I'm sure they're like off somewhere else now like they they could they could just drop out of high school and I think it would be fine I don't really get the point you're making because we're talking about Jacob. And also they all graduated from Forks High School. I literally thought you were talking about Edward. I'm picturing Edward this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) 
don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, let's keep going. Let's just let we'll consider this a, a mariner's point and let's just move along. Okay. Um, Jacob says that he'll go back to school basically once they figure out things with Renesme. And so then they go off to hunt together, Jacob in his wolf form, and Bella lets them go ahead. And then while she's alone is when, I'm sorry, the description of this was hilarious to me, is when she sees Irina. I was picturing it very vividly in my head of like, basically, like, in my head, it was like her looking through a giant telescope and seeing Irina, even though I know it's just her eyeball, but like, that's what it looks like in my brain. I am picturing her like, we know what vampires, how how Stephanie has described the vampires. They are quite white. They are shockingly white. Um, now picture a forest. Picture the color scheme of a forest. I don't think that she's going to be blending in super well. I don't think the camouflage is there. So I'm picturing she's like very visible and just like eyes wide open staring at Bella and like very very clearly there yeah I think that's accurate honestly (laughs) um oh I skipped over one thing really quick that I wanted to go back to Bella makes a brief mention of how she's gonna be talking on the phone with Renee soon just just control alt delete Renee like I honestly don't know a better alternative, but I'm like, it's worse that you're pretending to still be alive. Like, I almost feel like, and I know your issues with them faking death. I know. But I almost feel like maybe just fake it for Renee so they can, like, not have to deal with it anymore. I mean, how often? Clearly, Renee hasn't reached out to Bella. Like, she Renee could have called at any point these months. Like, she could have tried to call Charlie or who, I mean, tried to call the Collins to be like, hey, what's Edward and Bella's new phone number? I've been trying to contact them. I don't have their new number. Like, she could have reached out at any point these past, like, I don't know, four months, I guess, five months, something like that. And she hasn't, hasn't tried to reach out at all. So, like, what's the point of even trying? Yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) Like, yeah, talk to her on the phone when she decides to give you a fucking call. You don't need to fill her in. If she doesn't care, don't don't fill her in. Just ghost your own mother. It's not ghosting if she's not... She's ghosting you! All right, all right. Don't yell about it. <laughs> Anyways, back to Irina. Um, Bella can see right away that she's clearly upset. She's looking at Jacob and Renesmee and just has, like, a, a face, right? Where Where is it? Let me read it. Her lip twisted the tiny... I'm sorry, I'm on page 537. Her lip twisted the tiniest bit, making her face suddenly hostile. Blah, blah, blah. Her face spasmed in pain. Instinctually, I opened my hands in front of me in an apologetic gesture. She turned back to me and her lip curled back over her teeth. Her jaw unlocked as she growled. And then she takes off. So Bella runs and catches up with Renesmee and Jacob. And she's like, ah! So then she calls Edward... And then him and Carlisle show up and she explains what happened and they both run after Irina to try to explain. That's pretty much it. I was not expecting the chapter to end like that. Like I flipped the page expecting there to be a whole other page and there wasn't. I was like, oh, okay. Never mind then. (laughs) That was very abrupt. Do you want to just read the last paragraph? I literally, I did it again. I flipped again past the last page, and it was like, oh, that was the last page. Okay. 
Renesme was complacent in my arms, one hand still resting on my face. Since the hunting trip had been aborted, she would just have to make do with donated blood. Her thoughts were a little smug. That's not an ending sentence. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, I did skip over one other thing that I wanted to point out when Renesme is quote unquote catching snowflakes. Why does she have to jump? And I quote, 15 feet into the air. That is cartoonish. I cannot deal with that. Stephanie is really like letting her, she can do anything at this point. Like she is God on the keyboard. She can do anything she wants. That is so accurate. It hurts. <laughs> uh, do you have anything we skipped over from these two chapters? No, I feel like the chapters have been like pretty like, you know, interesting stuff has been going on. We're learning a lot of new information. And then suddenly it's like, it's come to an end. We've gotten all the new information. Now we got to keep the story rolling along. So this was like the plateau of interesting things. Yeah, totally. I feel like for the past few chapters, Stephanie's been doing that thing that English teachers always tell you not to do of like telling, not showing type of thing. That is my biggest fear. I... I feel like everything I do ever is like trying not to tell, not show. Like even in my real life, if you look at on my tenant portal, if you look at all of the work requests that have been put in, you can tell which one is me because it's like Liddy's like light in kitchen, not working. And then me, I'm like, so the other day, the garbage disposal just, it just stopped. And when I flipped the switch, it really does sound like the machine is on. The first time I did it, it made like a crunchy metal sound that it, I think there might be something in there, but I'm not, I, I shown a light down there. I can't see anything. I really don't feel comfortable sticking my hand down there. But when you turn the switch on, the engine is going, but nothing is whirling. There's nothing whirling on the inside. So I think maybe something got jammed in there. But yeah, that's the issue. Like, it, I, I'm too afraid of not giving enough information that they're not going to know what's going on. So I'm like, I have to, I have to make sure there are no plot holes in anything I ever do. It's admirable. You know, you put all your chips on the table. I just try to be as non-problematic as possible. It's true. It's the people pleaser in you. It really is. <laughs> okay, well, for next week, we are just reading, well, you're not reading anything. I'm going to be reading chapter 28, The Future, aloud. So what are your predictions? Huh, I don't know. So none of the vampires, oh, wait, no, Alice. Maybe this is going to be... Maybe Alice is going to see some interesting things. Like, remember how at the beginning of Midnight Sun, Alice had those predictions that, like, there were a couple different ways that she saw Edward playing things out. And though it was a big, long chapter kind of describing those visions. What if there's going to be another one kind of like that, where there are all these visions of the future and the family, like, has to act on them or something like that? Or... I mean, maybe Bella is going to go to Italy in this next chapter and maybe the Volturi is going to give her some kind of new ultimatum or new, like, I don't know. I, I don't, I feel like the Volturi got brought up 
now and we got it we got to get them again some point and the fact that you're reading it to me leads me to think that something juicy is gonna happen so maybe there's a volturi twist in here who knows if i was smart i would have read like the chapter shiny allowed to you so that like you didn't think that there was something exciting happening every time i read i probably would have texted you and been like is there something that I I'm missing in this chapter? Like, am I, should I be like taking this a different way than I am? (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Well, another week, another dollar. Um, we hope that everyone was able to access the GoFundMe link that we shared for the victims and families of the club Q shooting. Um, it's still up on our link tree. So, um, feel free to check that out if you haven't yet. And, Yeah, Paige, I believe it's your week to do socials. All right. We love to hear from our fans. We love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to us on Instagram or on Tumblr, you can find us at Tuesdays Are For Twilight. Great memes on those. Um, If you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can find us at Taft Pod. Uh, how, How are things going on Twitter these days? Twitter is definitely the platform I use the least both in my personal life and for Taft in that I've literally never used it for Taft other than to retweet what Jem tweets at us. But I mean, it seems normal from what I've seen. Okay. So maybe it'll be around a little bit longer if you'd like to reach out to us there. If you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at Tuesdays are for twilight at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to be involved in our watch, our watch party of Breaking Dawn Part 2, you can donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. And then also to be included in the Patreon events, um, you can either donate to the Quill Utes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground at www.mthg.org or to, as Emily mentioned just now, to the GoFundMe that's going to benefit the families of the Club Q shooting victims. Great. Thanks, Paige. And just one other quick reminder that I feel like we do often, but it's that time of year where those people, those of us who celebrate Christmas um, do a lot of shopping. So just remember to try, if you can, shop small and shop Indigenous. I'm not going to name any names, but I bought Emily's Christmas gift off of an artist on Etsy, and I'm really excited for her to see it. I love how you're like, I'm not going to name any names, names a name. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to tell you the name of what I got you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited for you to get yours, too. I sent... It's so funny because I texted boyfriend of the pod, Jacob, to ask for your size. But then um, you ended up texting me about my size. So I was like, oh, I'll just ask Emily the source because Jacob wasn't sure. And so I sent him a photo of what I got you. And he was like, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) I don't know if I should be excited or worried. <laughs> Just ask him if you think that, if he thinks that you'll like it, which I know you will, but. <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to ask him. I love the I love the suspense. Um, he also knows what you're getting, so he's got all the tea. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I cannot be subtle with people. I'll straight up be like, which color do you prefer? Because <laughs> I just, I'd rather someone like it, you know, or like have it fit than not. You tried for my birthday, but clearly Danny was not willing to help. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Didn't he message me after your birthday? Yes. <laughs> I was like, thanks for nothing. Does that shirt fit, by the way? 
It does. It's fine. I'm pretty sure he like answered you when I was showing him what you got me on my birthday. He was like, oh, right. I was supposed to tell you. Like, I feel like he like remembered there in the moment. Jesus. It's okay, Danny. You tried. You did not try at all, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. Send them off, Paige. Sprout forth like a little plant, a little, a little stem of a plant growing up into, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. James. <laughs> Not only is it a plant metaphor, but you're using your fucking British accent. Like, I can't either. Uh, I really tried to think of like a fun fact. I, I thought of a fun story, but I really want to get the facts right on it before I tell it. And I didn't have the time to look it up. So we'll just save it for next week then. And we'll leave them with some suspense, some reason to come back. There you go. Right now, the podcast, you know, in scary movies where they do that thing with the violin where they're like. That's what we're doing right now. Enjoy. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.